0: Hold on. Okay. Okay. I want to talk to you today. Go ahead. About ordinary people with an extraordinary God. And that's us. We're ordinary people. But our God is extraordinary. And uh, in the Bible, Abraham looms large. Uh, In the Bible, Abraham looms large as the father of the faithful and jacob looms large uh, as the father of the 12 tribes but isaac who comes in between there (laughs) isaac kind of disappears in the middle people fail to remember that for example he allowed himself to be bound on the altar where his father was ready to kill him it's possible that Isaac was quite grown at that time. He was not atop. And yet in obedience to his father, and to the will of the God whom his father served, he was willing to be bound there on the altar atop Mount Moriah. Today, I would look at uh, another aspect of Isaac's life and that of his wife, Rifta. And that is his life of prayer i find in this week's portion 10 lessons from their prayer life which may and should easily enrich our own by the end of the sermon i expect that every one of you should find at least two or three lessons on prayer that you will want to apply immediately and let me say again prayer is not some kind of religious performance, some kind of skill for making things happen. It's much richer than that. So let's get started remembering this. Even though we are ordinary, God is not. And that makes all the difference in a praying life. Our Parsha begins by telling us, here is the history of Yitzchak, Avraham's son. Avraham fathered Yitzchak. Yitzchak was 40 years old when he took Rifka, the daughter of Batuel the Arami from Padan Aram, and the sister of Lavan, the Arami, to be his wife. Yitzchak prayed to Adonai on behalf of his wife, you remember? Because she was childless. Adonai heeded his prayer and Rivka became pregnant. Where Now, where did Yitzchak learn that you could pray to God about barrenness and see him answer your prayers? Of course, he learned this from the circumstances of his own birth and from the experience of Avraham and Sarah. This teaches us two of our 10 lessons. Let's look at them first of all we should learn from the prayer experience of others especially those close in isaac knew that you could pray to god about difficult fertility matters because that's the story of his life and we should learn from the prayer experience of others especially from those close in and secondly we need not be slow to pray about tough situations as i said earlier even though we are ordinary god is not and that makes all the difference in a praying life but there are eight more lessons to follow these so we'll get to that our text continues the children Fought with each other inside her so much that she said, "If it's going to be like this, why go on living?" So she went to inquire of Aronai, who answered her, "There are two nations in your womb. From birth, there will be two rival peoples. One of these peoples will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. This is the only time so far." that we read of Rivka praying. So we don't know how she imagined that God might communicate to her the answer to her anguished uh, question. If it's going to be like this, why go on living? As she grappled with the grappling of her twins in her womb, she didn't know how God would convey his answer. You know, she prayed that, but she didn't know how god would convey his answer this brings us to a third lesson in prayer in prayer remember that god is the great communicator when he wants you to know something he will make it plain to you it took me decades to learn this lesson Hearing from God has always seemed easy to my wife. Uh, you know, I got stories. One time our golden retriever, Maggie, who did not win uh, the brain trust, one time Maggie was missing. And my wife prayed. And she saw in her mind a picture of Maggie sitting at the bottom of a staircase. It turned out Maggie had gotten locked, out, locked down in the in the outdoor basement of uh but but naomi prayed about that god showed her that was the end of it but for me this was like chinese math it was a frustrating puzzle how do you hear from god and i just could not figure it out finally i came to realize this truth that god is the great communicator And when he wants you to know something, he knows how to make it plain to you. So don't sweat it. Leave the communicating to him. But there are more valuable lessons for us to learn in this week's parasha. Our text continues, telling us, When the time for her delivery came, there were twins in her womb. The first to come out was reddish and covered it all over with hair like a coat, so they named him Esav, completely formed, that is, having hair already. And then his brother emerged with his hand holding Esav's heel, so he was called Yaakov. He catches by the heel, or he supplants. Yitzchak was 60 years old when she bore them. Now, when our story opened up, yitzchak was 40. so let's assume that it was a year or two that rivka proved barren making him perhaps 42 maybe 43 maybe 44 when he prays to god although he was likely towards the lower end of that because having children was a big thing but according to our account it wasn't until he was 60 that Jacob and Esau were born. Maybe 15, 16, 17, 18 years, and more between their prayer and the answer. For Abraham, his father, it was more like 20 years, closer to 25 years. So what's the answer that we learn about prayer? We may have to wait a long time for the answers to our prayers but these prayers these answers may exceed our expectations Rivka and Yitzchak were barren but when God answered their prayer nearly two decades later what did they have twins not just a birth twins yes we may have to wait a long time for the answers to our prayers but they may exceed our expectations. Again, even though we are ordinary, God is not. And that makes all the difference in our praying life. I hope you're all paying attention and that one or more of these lessons is getting through to you. But let's press on. There are six more to take note of. So let's press on we read in chapter 26 a famine came over the land not the same as the first famine which had taken place when Avraham was alive and Yitzchak went down to Gerar to Avimelech the king of the Pelishtim Adonai appeared to him and said don't go down into Egypt but live where I tell you stay in this land and i will be with you and bless you because i will give all these lands to you and to your descendants i'll fulfill the oath which i swore to avraham your father i will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky i will give all of these lands to your descendants and by your descendants all of the nations of the earth will bless themselves all of this because avraham heeded what i said and did what i told him to do he followed my mitzvot my regulations and my teachings we should remember that the patriarchs and matriarchs did not have dramatic encounters with god every day and twice as often on weekends in scripture Their dramatic encounters with God are often separated by decades of time. So we should not expect that every day will be a mountaintop experience. It doesn't work that way. Nevertheless, we should remember our fifth lesson in prayer from the life of Isaac and Rivka. A life of prayer includes encounter with God. There will come times when you realize you have encountered he who is called holy other. And we, as we have been saying, even though we are ordinary, God is not. And that makes all the difference in a praying life from time to time, we will know we have encountered someone else in the midst of our prayers or in answer to them. This can be scary. And some of us avoid prayer because of the discomfort of encountering someone entirely other or something entirely different than anything we know it is the created the uncreated one and the source of all being that can be scary walt whitman touched on this in his poem toward the unknown region I learned that poem when I sang in a choir. Ralph Vaughan Williams wrote a setting of this poem. I I learned it when I was a teenager. At any rate, Walt Whitman says this, darest thou now, O soul, walk out with me toward the unknown region, where neither ground is for the feet nor any path to follow. No map there, nor guide, nor voice sounding, nor touch of human hand, nor face with blooming flesh, nor lips, nor eyes are in that land. I know it not, O soul, nor dost thou. All is a blank before us, all waits undreamed of in that region, that inaccessible land. Now you may feel that whitman overstates the case here you may protest and rightly so that the god of the bible has made himself known to us especially through the word who became flesh and dwelt among us true but still god is god and we are not and for the most part both the unseen realm and the master of the unseen realm remain for us unknown and certainly out of our control So some of us will avoid prayer sensing God's radical differentness from all that we understand. Still, one of the lures of prayer, and one of its certainties, is that there you will encounter the unseen realm. A life in prayer includes encounter with God. We just reviewed how adonai appeared to him and said don't go down to egypt but live where i tell you stay in the land and i will be with you and bless you because i will give all these lands to you and your descendants i will fulfill the oath which i swore to avraham your father i will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky i will give all these lands to your descendants and by our descendants, all the nations of the earth will bless themselves. All of this is because Afraham heeded what I said and did what I told him to do. He followed my mitzvot, my regulations, and my teachings. This reminds us and brings us to our sixth point. So let's look at it. Our sixth lesson. Our prayer lives involve reaping benefits promised to others with whom we share a covenantal relationship of some sort. Part of the ground that Isaac stood on in prayer was the promises God had made to his father. And to this day in Jewish life, we pray on the basis of the promises God made to our ancestors with whom we are covenantally bound it was and remains intended that we are the beneficiaries of promises made to our ancestors therefore when we pray we should do so anticipating that we will reap benefits promised to others with whom we share a covenantal connection this includes yeshua our messiah the things that The father promised the son for which the son prayed to the father are things we should bring up in prayer god is not a man that he should lie and the promises we fall heir to have a prominent place in our life of prayer so please remember this applies to promises which we are somehow rightly implicated with such as for example John 17, Yeshua says this, praying to the Father. He says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. That's us. Yeshua said to the Father, I want these people to be with me where i am that they may see my glory which you gave me because you loved me because uh, before the foundation of the world the creation of the world we are implicated in that prayer and it is altogether right that we hold god to it our prayer lives involve reaping benefits promised to others with whom we share a covenantal connection later when Jacob and Esau are grown men Isaac is very old he's quite blind and he asks his son Esau to hunt some game and to cook for him a savory dish that Isaac might eat of it and then bestow upon him the patriarchal blessing as we know Jacob comes in impersonating his brother wearing his clothes the garments of a hunter with the hairy skin of a goat overlaying his arms and his hands his neck so that if his father feels him he will believe him to be his hairy son esau and so jacob approaches disguised as esau and we read he approached and kissed him yitzchak smelled his clothes and blessed Yaakov with these words See, my son smells like a field which Adonai has blessed. So may God give you the dew of heaven, the richness of the earth, and grain and wine in abundance. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. May you be Lord over your kinsmen. Let your mother's descendants bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Two lessons lie embedded here number seven a life of prayer includes the authority to bestow blessing we are meant to be agents of blessing in the earth and when we bless in accordance with god's purpose and character his purposes are advanced in the world and number eight a life of prayer includes attentively intuiting what god is up to his his will for the person or situation before us that's what jacob does he intuits what god's will is for jacob and he prays. he gives voice to this when we pray for people We should always pause for a few moments to try and sense what God wants us to say. It is of limited value to pray on automatic pilot, piling up hackneyed phrases and repeating the name of God 14 times in a paragraph. We should learn to pause, even for a second or two, and at least make ourselves available to sense the subtle leading of the Spirit. He does lead. He does so subtly. You learn by experience when he's leading you. He may give us he may give us somewhere to begin in prayer. Then we launch forth, trusting him to guide us as we do. This brings us to number nine. Praying often includes referencing what our five senses pick up this is very interesting to me our five senses what we are seeing hearing smelling Uh, let's see see I, i got a repetition here seeing hearing smelling touching there's one sense missing tasting god speaks through sensory metaphor giving us creative ways to imagine what he wants us to say we see this in isaac's prayer where he begins with the smell of his son's garments That's that's where he starts the prayer he starts with the smell of his son's garment isn't that interesting similarly in praying for someone we may begin with something we are seeing hearing smelling touching or tasting god speaks in these ways and praying is not meant to be hackneyed repetitious formulas it's extremely creative and it should be extremely attentive to the subtleties of the spirit Uh, okay our final lesson number 10 brings us back where we began even though we are ordinary god is not and that makes all the difference in a praying life we are ordinary people praying to an extraordinary god therefore don't imagine you have to be florid impressive or lengthy in your prayers don't imagine that god speaks king james english don't try to imitate someone else's prayers be satisfied being ordinary pray Brief prayers throughout the day, recognizing that God is your ever-present companion. I've taken when I lie in bed at night. I I pray uh, I I pray sometimes for people who are sick. I just do that by habit. I just mention them to God. I don't have to lecture God. I don't have to give him a paragraph. I don't have to give him a disposition. I just I remember them to God, that God might remember him in His mercy. I suggest you read the bible all the time it's the best guide to prayer to be found anywhere and as you read the bible its mindset and its expectations will become your own make prayer an ordinary part of your ordinary life and don't be surprised if an extraordinary god comes to your aid or that he otherwise touches situations in people's lives about whom you pray to him, even though I am ordinary, even though you are ordinary, God is not. And that makes all the difference in a praying life. My hope for you this week and for me, it's not so much that we would pray more this is not kind of like a ball game where you you need to keep score uh i could say it that way i would say my hope is that through this sermon you've been inspired to pray and that you will not be intimidated god does not expect you to be impressive you're his child uh, uh but we need to open up the channels of communication and talk to god regularly about the things that are on our hearts that we believe are on his heart we need to pray about the leading of the spirit in our lives and you don't have to get spooky and strange and mystical just be ordinary the people of the bible were ordinary people with an extraordinary god so are we father i pray you touch the ambitions of my brothers and my sisters that 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 they would not be intimidated guilt-ridden in any way shape or form but inspired to just let it flow and to enter more deeply into the mystery of prayer going toward the unknown region where in the midst of what we do not know we encounter the god we do i ask you to advance this purpose in our lives in yeshua's name amen